0: Welcome to Everything Life Coaching. I'm John Kim.
1: And I'm Noelle Cordeau. We are the founders of Journey Coaching.
0: We're super passionate about all things coaching and want to share what we've learned from over a decade of coaching and training over a thousand life coaches.
1: Dive deep into a more meaningful career. Find freedom and make an impact on the world around you.
0: On today's episode, we're going to talk about dismantling ideas about money, how to make it, and what that means today. Noel, good morning. Good morning. Hey, I get one sip. Um, so I'm going to do it now because if I'm doing it throughout the podcast, which I always do, it's rude.
1: You know, I'm incredibly jealous because we're out of coffee right now.
0: Oh. And,
1: uh, and And we had a miscommunication where I thought, my husband was going to go get us cups of coffee while I took my meeting. And he thought I said, I'm good. So I've been sitting here waiting for coffee that just never showed up. And
0: (laughs) oh man, How, how are you functioning? I could feel I could feel the frustration. I could feel that just in the air, because if I didn't.
1: Yeah, a little cranky. It hurts. It hurts. Okay.
0: You know what? I think that's fair. I mean, if I didn't have coffee, I just I just I don't even get up. Yeah.
1: Yep. All right. Well, we will power through, but enjoy your coffee on my behalf. I appreciate uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> let's uh, talk let's
0: talk about money. Let's talk about uh, dismantling ideas about money. This is a great topic.
1: It is. It's timely, and I, folks might be wondering why we're talking about this on a podcast that has to do with everything life coaching, but one of the tom-toms that I've been beating for a really long time is that you know, enterprise, sharing goods, sharing services can exist outside of capitalism. And mm-hmm. it has you know in different communities, different parts of history for a very long time. And another piece of it is that what coaching focuses on is relationship building. It's soft skills, it's empathy, it's partnership and relational currency, having relationships with other people as we march into our weird future out there is going to become and i 'm going to say it more important than money
0: mm, yeah, absolutely. Why did you hesitate? Did you think that that um, you would get pushed back or most people would wouldn't agree with you
1: I would say so and yeah. and simply because we cannot escape. The lens and frameworks that have been handed to us that have been taught to us through social construction, you know, think about little kids, one of the number one questions that your daughter Logan is going to start to get is what are you going to be when you grow up?
0: Right, right.
1: And so from your perspective, when 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 adults ask that of children, what is the outcome that people are thinking about? I think that they're thinking about, you know, how are you going to make money? What are you going yeah. to do?
0: Of course. Um, how are you going to make more money? How are you going to make money while you're sleeping? I mean, it's just the world we live in. It's you know capitalism.
1: It is. It is. And what we're also seeing in the literature is that um, the pursuit of money doesn't give us all of the things that we need in order to be happy, whole, full, functioning people.
0: Yes. And I also feel like if you're pursuing meaning and passion and and all of that stuff that we always talk about, you know, um, things that are greater than self, um, the money comes. If you're pursuing just money, it usually doesn't come.
1: Yeah. And the other thing that I think we're seeing as just a radical awakening in society is people are not going back to work. In the same way that they were previously, yeah. and so you know that begs the question of what are we doing with our time?
0: Yeah, and it's actually it's actually really exciting because um, there's that that means that there's a, a a new canvas to paint on. There's new opportunities. There's a possibly a transition, new career for for many.
1: Oh my goodness, hundred um, percent. So Harvard has been conducting the same study over and over and over again for 80 years and the study is on health and aging. And I love that this institution has just kept at it for so long because 80 years is is a lifespan, right? And what we've learned from the research that was published just recently is that our relationships, our close relationships are actually what contribute to flourishing happiness and sustenance in our lives. Mm. And really specifically, When we have strong relationships and when we seek strong relationships instead of wealth with family, friends, community, the outcomes are that this delays our mental and physical decline and the social ties really specifically are better predictors of life satisfaction and longevity than our social class, aka how much money we have, our IQ and genetics. Mm.
0: Yeah, and and you know what what's um, challenging about this, I gotta say, is as adults, it's harder to make friends. We we we, we don't you know it's not we don't have that kind of built-in structure uh, we did as kids where we were super social. There was recess, there was summer camp, and so establishing relationships. Um, it's it just much easier when we're kids, and then now that we're adults, and we have all this pressure to build our empire or you know um, provide or, or whatever. The, the friendships, the relationships—they all kind of take a back seat.
1: They do. And you said something really important just now. There's all this pressure to build our empire and provide. Mm-hmm. Do I have your permission to psychoanalyze that?
0: Yeah, of course. That's what we do.
1: (laughs) Nice. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Modeling good coaching skills, listening deeply, mirroring back, asking permission, everyone. These are, you know, ABCs of coaching. Mm -hmm. So, what John just described is, I think, very emblematic of the American dream to build an empire, to provide. And When we're thinking about money, when we're thinking about how do we make it, who is it for, what do we do? And if we're thinking about, oh my gosh, you know, society has taught me all of the things that I think about money, I'd like to kind of unpack that pressure a little bit because it seems to come from the concept of the self made man. Right. When was the earliest that you remember feeling pressure to embody that? really impossible and unfair ideal
0: uh, not the pressure but the introduction happened in the 80s uh when when you know our family came to america and uh, uh education was free and you know the the american dream the whole building a life um on on uh, uh, designer jeans and coca-cola and, and all of that and, and that was kind of injected into me um in the uh, early 80s when, when we first came to america and and uh that's kind of what you know success and, and the dream was it was about uh having fancy things and making money and all of that you know
1: yeah and when we see th- you know those images presented to us from a consumer culture perspective it's almost always a white dude yes a heterosexual white dude who's confident yeah who's industrious, who's very performative sexually, who's powerful. Um, and those things, you know, signify this kind of caricature that leaves a lot of people out of the the possibilities of ever obtaining this stuff.
0: Yeah, and it puts a lot of pressure on men, because then it becomes like this, um, here's what a man looks like. Yes. And
1: how unfair, how terribly unfair. And then it it has also, you know, it leaves out um, folks who identify with gender differently. It Mm -hmm. leaves out women. It leaves out folks who live in either rural areas where they can never access, you know, the big city opportunities or even urban folks who are just kind of trapped in, in systemic poverty. It doesn't take into account generational wealth. Childcare. Um, And, you know, all of these real pieces of life are never represented in the idea that we have around what money is, what it takes to make money. Now that you're a successful grown up with a house and a kid, and very much um, could be said that you embody this ideal of the self made man, how close is your lived reality day in and day out to that? idea?
0: Oh, I don't, I don't think it's close uh, at all. I mean, when I when I grew up the um, successful person, uh, it was more of, of you know, like, uh, the, the poster I saw was, uh, yes, a, a, a white man briefcase corner office, you know, um, imported uh, cars and this beautiful wife and that whole thing. Um, and today, when I look at my life, I uh, I don't. I don't see that. I see you know, like a. I'm not even married. Uh, I've got a kid. We're kind of uh, you know (laughs) living, um, um, you know, uh, not in the city, but kind of. And uh, just riding my motorcycle, creating content. I'm in sweats usually, and so it's it's not the um, manicured um, poster that I saw growing up. Of success. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Absolutely, and. One of the reasons why it's so important to unpack this and to hold this up and to have these conversations is much of the literature points to the fact that when we keep our head downs and we strive for this ideal, what actually happens, and I think that this impacts men, uh, families, communities in, in a really big way, is it creates barriers to true intimacy and to true connection.
0: Yes, uh, it's very hard to be present. It's very hard to appreciate moments, whether it's with your child or watering your lawn or you know with a, a gas tank in between your legs. Um, it, it It just makes you chase. and so everything that you have, you feel like you could have more or you don't have enough.
1: Yeah, you said another thing that's really important there, and it's it's the idea of chasing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's so often in the context of our society a solitary task where we're doing ourselves we're getting ours right um and that cuts us off from relationships that can only be built when we're open and generous and thinking collectively of building a web of success a web of um generative relationships that feed each other versus a straight line and an isolated path.
0: Yeah. In my 20s, I used to think that uh, friendships were a waste of time. You know, I thought um, every moment that I had, I should be working toward uh, building something or making money, um, you know, all of that. And I thought, you know, friendships and travel, I thought was like, well, what's the point of that <laughs> you're wasting your time you, you, do, you, you invest in that when you make it you know to the, the top of the mountain or when you become quote-unquote successful then you travel then you make friends and uh, today obviously i think something very different
1: yeah and it's so important you know i, I feel like we're we're kind of taking almost a time travel back like looking mm-hmm. at you know younger you who is on this path and also looking out into society and saying oh my god there are so many people who are struggling with feelings of not measuring up to an impossible ideal, struggling with feelings of isolation, because if I only check these boxes, then I will get to experience inclusion. Then I will get to experience happiness. Um, What would you tell your younger self?
0: um to throw away that that checklist uh yeah that was me that was me trying to check boxes you know i needed the uh, the beautiful wife or i needed the you know the expensive car or the house or the the three picture deal uh back when i was screenwriting and because none of that came i was uh i was unhappy i didn't allow myself um to be happy and i and i, and I hit pause on life like i i wasn't actually living i was just frantically, you know, spinning in my little hamster wheel uh, trying to 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 find success.
1: Yeah, and and you're not alone. There's um, a survey that came out in 2018 that was put out by Cigna, and this is pre-pandemic. And so I think it's really important to measure the research that came out pre-pandemic and talk about what's happened post-pandemic. And in 2018, this survey found that one quarter of the folks who live in the United States don't feel that there is literally anyone in their life who understands them. And half of the people in the United States report that they have meaningful interactions with other people each day. Wow. Those statistics are staggering. Yeah, That half of the people who live in this huge country do not feel that they're able to have meaningful interactions with other people every day. And now looking at the the separation and isolation that was forced as a result of the pandemic, it's even worse. Mm. And this setup, I strongly believe is killing us as a society because toxic individualism, as you've kind of described with what you went through in your 20s, is really um, emotionally draining. And then its it also really impacts people from a health perspective and those things aren't brought up that much um so it, loneliness just being lonely increases your risk of heart disease stroke and dementia and people who say that they're lonely are likely to be depressed five years later and lonely people become more hostile towards others
0: oh yeah yeah, I think part of my anger uh, when I used to be angry was, uh, yeah, loneliness. Absolutely, I didn't have uh, friends. I was just kind of by myself, uh, running, you know, toward, uh, running up the mountain, um, and yeah, I felt very alone. And that wasn't. It wasn't until like around 35, 36 that I started to make an effort to um, do things that were that were more meaningful and, and stop stop chasing, you know, the shine and build uh, relationships and seek nectar and 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 truly like live and be grateful
1: so when you were doing that when you were in that state of of transitioning uh your value set from one of acquisition to living uh was it conscious did did what what was your relationship and how did you relate to money at that time
0: my what do you mean uh was it conscious
1: Like when, when you were transitioning and saying, you know, I need to do something differently and you started to move over towards relationships and friends and really living, was it a conscious shift? Did you say I'm going to put money aside or did it just kind of happen because you were struggling
0: no um it was it was conscious but i got help from the universe um the first thing that happened was the universe threw me to nonprofit, and so in nonprofit, you don't make much money but the work is very meaningful and so i got i got to see in front of me okay here i am i have enough money to eat and pay the bills but but that's pretty much it i'm not going to be taking exotic trips or anything um but i'm doing meaning, meaningful work and i realized in five years of doing that um, the meaningful work was so important. And that's what got me through, you know, um, it wasn't the uh, the fancy dinners that I was missing. It was working with these kids and connecting with real people and all of that. Uh, and so I realized, oh, money's great, but if I just have enough to, to pay the bills, if I could build a meaningful career and I'm working um, in a way that's honest to me and it feels, you know, enriching and empowering, that's, you know, that's, to me, that's going to, uh, uh, be what's valuable, ultimately.
1: Thank you for sharing that. And, you know, one of the reasons why I wanted to hit on this topic today, as we've kind of been talking about the last couple of podcasts is as coaches, we need to know what most people are going through so that we can turn our services, our wisdom, our content into a position of service for that which is, you know, truly hurting us. Uh, There's a book that came out in 2020. It's called The Lonely Century. And that book talks about how you know it's it used to be just the pursuit of capitalism that was causing this you know hyper focused masculinity you know push towards money and now it's also social media Mm -hmm. cyber bullying which is just rampant right now with cancel culture Um, people stuck to their phones instead of engaging Um, the way that contemporary employment works where everybody feels lonely at work and then there's the gig economy side hustles where people have insecure incomes and there's not companionship or support and this is happening in real time and we're watching our communities our families and our friends just you know drowning in mass urbanization
0: yeah yeah and and i got to say also um even though uh um I, I i struggle with this less um i still struggle with it it's you know i think it's so deeply rooted uh you know, on paper um i you know i i think that i am uh you know okay or or successful but i still feel like i'm lacking i need more um you know i fear that i'm going to going to run out of money like all these things that are not true but they're still ingrained because it's just a world that we we li- really live in you know
1: yeah. So if you're listening to this and and your, your, your heart is starting to sink because you very much relate to this, or you see your clients struggling with this, you know, one of the things that we talk about often at Journey is hate the system, not the human.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: it, when we pull back and say, you know, this is not a reality of humanity it doesn't have to be this way we can choose new systems a system loses its power if we don't feed into it if we don't buy into it Uh, and i think context is important so you know just an idea to close out on and maybe you and i can daydream a little bit about what a, a different world could look like and how we get there but if the history of human existence was squeezed into one single day the industrial revolution didn't take place until midnight. Mm, and yeah. so for almost you know 24 hours of our, the whole of human existence, humans lived in small groups as hunters and gatherers right. and um, that's who we are as a species. So what do you think that we need to do as leaders and coaches to return to that?
0: yeah and and i gotta say that's a personal question and everyone to answer may be different so if you're listening to this ask yourself you know ask yourself that question what what do you need to do uh to maybe go back to the basics to not get caught up in you know the um the the society's trap of what success looks like or how much money you should have or or even you know, as far as coaching um what makes a coach successful maybe it's time to redefine some of those things
1: yeah. And and I would say um, if you're looking for for something, you know, the do it now mentality, what can I do now? Eye contact and hugs.
0: Mm, I love it.
1: <laughs> Eye contact and hugs will give you more of a chemical boost towards connection um, than any amount of currency ever could.
0: Yeah. More human. More human. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Uh, I hope this episode was helpful in some way uh, or challenged your your thinking in some way. Thanks for listening to Everything Life Coaching. If you're feeling the draw to become a coach, head to journey.co slash everything to explore a new career that brings fulfillment, gives you a true sense of purpose and a strong community to do it in. We created Journey Coaching to equip you with the tools, training and community you need to attain your goals.
1: Join Journey Coaching and begin your journey towards personal freedom and a transformative state of growth today. That's J-R-N-I dot slash everything.